Hi everyone, I'm your host, Michael Rubino here. I have another amazing Mold Talks with a very special guest. Her name is Callie. Callie, welcome to the podcast and please introduce yourself and let everyone know why you're here. Hi, Michael. Um, my name is Callie, like you said, and thanks for having me. Um, I'm here to share my personal mold story. I am a functional medicine health coach and I own a functional medicine practice as well. And so um, I wanted to share my perspective and, and my story. Well, thank you for being here and thank you for all that you're doing and helping others as well. Uh, obviously you've been through this, so you really know the, the effect that it has. And um, I think that's going to be very helpful for the people that you're helping because obviously you're aware of it, right? And so many people, they go from doctor to doctor, doctor to doctor, looking for answers, running all these different types of tests. Everything's coming back normal until they finally find someone that knows exactly what's going on. So thank you for that. And please, let's start with understanding how you became aware of mold and its effects on you. Yeah. So I started off... Um... My business partner and I were like, we don't want to see mold patients. We don't want to see oncology patients. And then it kind of just flew um, in our lap with my personal situation and some things that she had going on in her family. And I um, had moved into an apartment that I was really excited about. And I wasn't even there for that long. And I started getting really sick. And I didn't really think about mold at first. I had a lot of bruises and stuff like that on my body. And I was really tired, but I, I have Hashimoto's. So I was like, maybe I'm in a thyroid flare up. I just wasn't really sure what was going on. And um, she was like, <clears throat> well, what happened is I got food poisoning and I was hospitalized. And this was in November of 20. So I was hospitalized over Thanksgiving, November, 2020. And um, <clears throat> they were like, you my, my, all my cell counts were low. My white blood cells were low and they weren't going up with normally a response to an infection. Your white blood cells would increase to attack that infection. And they're like, you probably have cancer. I'm like, we don't know what's wrong with you. And you're not, you're not responding to the treatments. They're having me on a bunch of antibiotics and, um, just wasn't really sure. It was my first experience in the hospital, but it really made me realize how much you have to be an advocate for yourself and really understand what's happening to you to take control of the situation too. So I had my business partner, who's a naturopathic doctor on the line, like asking her about all these things that they were doing. And, um, and it, it ended up that I had a doctor call the hospital that I was at to advocate for me. And that fast forward to some complications and things in the hospital, they ended up doing a bone marrow biopsy, which showed in um, I said November of 2020, I mean, November of 2019. And then in January of 2020, I had my results and my correct, correct diagnosis, diagnosis. It was around the holidays. So it was kind of hard to get answers. There was a lot of people out of work and things like that. And I was diagnosed with aplastic anemia, which means total bone marrow failure. And um, what happens when that happens is you stop making adequate white blood cells, you stop making adequate um, red blood cells, and you stop making adequate platelets. Platelets are what your body uses to clot, and white blood cells are for your um, immune function, and then your hemoglobin and your red blood cells bring oxygen around to your body. So I was in <clears throat> a really, like at that time, I was very scared and in kind of a bad place. They were like, you need to get a bone marrow transplant, and um, and just for talking about survival rates and things that just were not very positive. And I, I 
got home from the hospital, kind of reestablished, looked at my blood work, did some environmental testing. And um, I, that was when my business partner said, like, you were kind of fine until you moved into that house. You should really start thinking about what's in that house. And um, so I tested myself first and I had catamonium come up, uh, which was over 200, which is really astronomically high for the Great Plains lab. Um, and then later tested my house and found the place that I had just moved into that November had catamonium in it, in the shower and in the like bathroom walls were all wet. So they had to drill a hole into the wall and stuff like that to test it accurately. And um, those two things correlated. And when I was hospitalized, I started being dependent on blood transfusions to live. Like I wasn't making enough blood to serve, to live on my own. And as soon as I left that house, um, I stopped needing blood transfusions. I went and stayed with my mom for a week in Las Vegas and left. Cause I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to leave everything there and leave that house and see what happens. And I went to stay at my mom's place in Vegas. And then I had to drive back to go to Cedar Sinai to check in with my oncologist and my counts were high enough that I didn't need a transfusion. So it was like really crazy. And I just, I actually, I had friends like move my stuff out and I never went back to that house. Um, and I haven't needed a transfusion since then. Wow. I mean, first off, like what you went through, uh, I couldn't imagine. I mean, that's very traumatic, right. To, to think you're, you're right on the edge. Um, and that your health is declining and there's, there's nothing that's working. So, you know, I, I can't imagine what, what that was like. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And it's remarkable. This is the first thing I, first time I've ever heard of, you know, of this type of case. I think it, 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 it's, it kind of goes to show you that, you know, mold is, is something that we really don't have all the way figured out at this point in time. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, you hear about brain fog, you hear about chronic fatigue, you hear about skin issues, you don't hear about low white blood cell counts, bone marrow issues, um, and, and really just your body shutting down at that point. And so that's obviously extremely severe, but it's very interesting because, you know, like I said, it's, I've never heard of that in, in 10 years. Um, and I, and it's, what's even more remarkable is you were able to pinpoint it to when you moved into that house and the second you move out of that house, you no longer need blood transfusions. How are you doing now? I'm doing a lot better. I mean, I still have uh, things that I have to take care of and manage. I'm not hundred percent and I'm on medication to manage some of my conditions, but I, um, you know, it, it, that was like in the middle of COVID. So it was such a weird time. I had to like to get rentals and stuff like that. They weren't even showing properties. So, yeah. um, it took me like, I'm basically just now settled this November. Um, it took me a really long time to kind of figure everything out. And I live in Southern California. So the rental rate is just such a high turnover. It's very hard to find like a, a clean property. So it took me a while, um, but I'm doing a lot better now and I feel a lot better. And the reason why I was really knew I had to share is because I'm in a support group with what's called aplastic anemia. It's a private group, but you know, it's such, it's one in a million people have this. So it's a very small group of people. And if you search black mold on it, there's other people that have been exposed to black mold um, and weren't able to correlate it. I have a really 
open and supportive oncologist. Not that he was like, oh yes, it's mold. But when I sent him PubMed studies, you know, cause I know Jill Krista, she also took a look at my stuff in the very beginning too. She was really helpful with my business partner and in indicating a lot of things, but she said, you know, they don't do research on humans with mold. A lot of it is with mice. So you can find mice studies that say they were fed food with catamonium and their bone marrow failure failed. Um, oh. So I had a mom message me that found me, I think she's in Canada and her daughter had aplastic anemia and they had mold and she wanted to kind of look at mold deeper, but because she was a minor, she didn't, she wasn't able to, they had to rush her to bone marrow transplant like immediately or else she would have been seen as not taking care of her child correctly and CPS would have came. So I felt really after that, I got that message, I was like, I really have to share my story because we do have to, I think in oncology, like you said, it's not necessarily looked at as much, but certainly probably plays a role in a lot of things um, that we just haven't put all the dots together for. You know, it's, it, it really goes to show you that we just don't know enough about how water damage buildings with the creation of mold and bacteria, you know, how that impacts, especially toxigenic species like Zachybotrys and Ketomium, right? I mean, mm -hmm. these are, these are, these are serious things. I mean, we've heard of different cases over the years of just how bad these things are, which kind of coined that term, the toxic black mold. But it's, it's really, really interesting because as you know, I see people all the time. And all the time I'm, I'm learning about, you know, new things based upon their experiences. And we're looking at the data of their home and we're seeing correlation with the mycotoxins that are, you know, being excreted from mm -hmm. their body. And, and all of this stuff is starting to tie together. And then we can trace back what are their symptoms? How is, how is it like when they're exposed to mold? How do their symptoms improve when they're no longer in that home? And it's, it's, it's really remarkable kind of the things that we're seeing here. And it all starts with, with the awareness. And um, I think that, you know, you bring a whole new light to this conversation because frankly, I, I it's the first time I've heard of it and I'm sure others have, but you know, this is definitely rare. Um, yeah. I know it only impacts, you said one in a million people. Mm -hmm. And I do want to touch on too. I do have a past career exposure of being a hairdresser. So I have a lot of benzene exposure too. So I really do believe it's probably a combo of the both, but um, yeah. Well, I think it, it's, it's holistic, right? I mean, health mm -hmm. is holistic and our exposures to all these different things. I mean, we're not just exposed to mold. We're exposed to microplastics. We're exposed to bacteria, viruses, uh, chemicals all the time, pesticides in our food supplies. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And so for most people, I mean, you have all these, these different things in, in combination in tandem. It just, it just wrecks their immune system. Yeah. I always say it's like the average person without even knowing is being assaulted by toxins all day. Literally. And yeah. I know that's like a scary picture and I, I don't like to paint <laughs> such a scary picture, but yeah, like that. the reality of it is like, if, if we know better, we can do better. And so as we start to become aware of these things, we can take action on them and improve our health. And I mean, we're, we're seriously, I, mean, I know we're in a pandemic still, but we're seriously in an epidemic. Yeah. You know, our, our homes are getting worse, the way in which we're building them without thinking about these things. Uh, our exposures are getting worse because we're buying homes that have historic issues that haven't been maintained properly. Um, same thing with buildings and landlords and all this other stuff. So when we look mm -hmm. at that, 
and we look at the lack of awareness in the medical community, right? Like you, you yourself went to different doctors, you called different yeah. people, you know, how many of the, was every single one of them saying, Hey, check your house for mold or bacteria or anything like that? No, I even told my, I told my, cause I had my parents helping me with some of the stuff. Cause I was so sick. I mean, I couldn't even like stand up yeah. and take a shower on my own. And, um, I was asking my oncologist, I was sending him stuff. And I remember them saying, asking him, like, she thinks that she's in a house that has mold. She's getting it tested. Like, should she leave? And he's like, well, it wouldn't impact her condition, but because she's immune compromised, it's not a good place for her to be. <laughs> and yeah. so what basis it, does anybody have to say it wouldn't impact your condition? That's yeah, the thing. exactly. Especially when we have some of that mice research that's proven it. So, and Joe Krista had brought to my attention that we don't allow research on humans. So it's like, until we allow that mold research, we won't be able to definitively know either. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know who would sign up to be the guinea pig for sure, but yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, yeah, we, we have to figure out how to do studies, you know, that are, that are more accurate controlled studies. And I think we, we just don't really have them. We yeah. have people that are making great correlations. You know, it's like the writings on the wall. We can all read it. We can all see it, but the reality of it is, is that for some reason, there are certain people that are just not connecting the dots. And yeah. of course, the ones that are, they're taking control, they're getting better. Like you got out of the environment. It sounds like you're, you're not a hundred percent, but you've seen drastic improvements since leaving the environment. Yeah. Yeah. And I can live a relatively normal life. I wasn't able to, I mean, I had to have like a full-time caretaker in the beginning. So I've definitely done a 360 from then, but not, I still have work to do to get back to hundred percent normal. If that makes sense. And do, do you think, do you think you would have ever had that 360 reversal if you would have stayed in that place? No, for sure. No, I think I would have, I don't even know what would have happened to me. I mean, I had a platelets of three when I was at the hospital, which like you could be bleeding out of your eyeballs. People are like, when I tell people that they're like, I cannot believe you were alive <laughs> yeah. and doing that. <clears throat> So no, I don't think so. I, I feel very grateful to have the mold knowledge that I know and at least somewhat of an awareness. How soon after you left the place, did you start to notice a, an improvement in your health? I noticed um, right away my brain, you know, they talk a lot about the desocialization with mold and I didn't really realize how much that was impacting me until I had left because I, I work and I was really kind of a, not a, like, I didn't want to be on the phone. I didn't really realize that I didn't, but, um, after I went to my mom's house, I was doing a bunch of work stuff and I was like, wow, this is like so much easier and more enjoyable. I really was like trying to just block that communication. So I think in my brain was the first thing that I noticed just functioning a little bit differently. And, um, and as you have like a trauma. Well, I'm sure, you know, cause you work with a lot of people, it gives you like a trauma response to mold and to like a lot of environmental things. So I think I was really, I mean, I know, I don't think, I know I was really paranoid and scared about a lot of different things. And just, you know, it's crazy when you can think back that your home can make you sick. And I asked my mom, just like going back through like, okay, where did we live? And like, where, cause Jill Krista, she always says mold can impact you for 20 years. So I'm like, was this my only mold exposure? What else, where else have I been? And she was like the house that you grew up had a lot of termites and things like that too. So I always just wonder, like, I'm like, yeah. that probably had some water damage because bugs love water damage. So, um, sure. yeah. <laughs> just thinking of things like that, um, I'm sure that wasn't my only exposure and I'm just about to do, 
I'm continually doing testing. I'm just about to do another round of testing. I'm going to compare my real times lab and my Great Plains lab this time. I kind of see where I'm at and see what my catamonium levels are. Or I say it wrong. Will you correct me? <laughs> oh, sure. Ketomium. Ketomium. Okay. Yeah, but people say it differently. Ketomium, shatomium, you know, everyone's got their own little spin on it. But uh, yeah, ketomium. And and just to kind of just to kind of take a step back for a second, uh, I noticed that, you know, you started pretty much noticing improvement almost instantly. And obviously it got progressively better and better. Do you think that you would have ever attributed you know, this type of illness to your home, if it, if you didn't go through it yourself and, and, you know, really experience this and go through the process of figuring it out. No. And I'm going to tell you a story that about that. And, um, you know, I, you had a patient that called me as we do a free discovery call. So I had a patient that called me and I'll never forget this because she was living in her car because she had been in so much mold. And I remember getting her call thinking like, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Like, why is she doing that? I can't believe she can't find anywhere to stay. And then after <laughs> everything that happened to me, I was like, no wonder she was doing that. And really, yeah. um, you know, I do believe that every healer and someone that works of service goes through things to learn and be of service to others. And I know that this was part of my journey for that, for sure. And, um, to answer your question, no, I wouldn't have. And, um, I'm glad that I did though. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I don't, I don't ever want people to suffer, you know, in lieu of getting the information that they need. And I think that's one of the biggest points of this podcast is to show people that, you know, we're, we're all victim to this. We're all alike. We're all different, but we're all alike in the same sense. Um, we're led to believe that this is a rare occurrence. It's not, it happens to yeah. many of us, um, thousands and thousands and thousands of people that I know of. It extends far beyond that. I know we have, you know, tens of thousands and support groups uh, all over social media mm-hmm. that, that, and, and it's, what's interesting is more and more people are going to those groups every day. You know, when we start to look at this, I could tell you that over the past 10 years, this has become a bigger problem, not a smaller mm-hmm. one. We're having more people call, not less. And so that tells you that, you know, this is something that's continuously growing and impacting people. There's a lot, you know, there's, the building industry, the real estate industry, the insurance industry, that there's a lot of different components that that are going to require change to really turn this thing around, including the medical community to to kind of get on the same board. So that when you call and say, Hey, I think I might be in mold. Is that an issue? They say, yes. You know, instead of, "Ah, I don't think that's going to impact your condition. You know, it's, it's, I think that we, we have, we've definitely come a long way, but I think we still have way longer to go, unfortunately. And, you know, someone like you is able to come in here and share your story and relive some of these painful experiences. It's just such a noble thing for you because this is really helping amplify the message that this does impact us. We're real people. We're not crazy. Yeah, totally. We're not crazy and we're all going through it together. (laughs) Totally. And like, you know, for the person living in their car, listen, if I'm in a moldy place, I'm doing whatever I have, you know, Um, whatever I have to do. I mean, some people... Literally, it will sleep in a tent. Uh, some people sleep in their car. People get hotels. They share couches with friends and family. I mean, they're doing whatever it takes. Why? Because they're getting really sick. You know? yeah. And obviously, certain people get impacted worse than others. Um, and we've seen that. But that's with anything, right? I mean, look at COVID. There's, I know when I got COVID, I had more of like the flu. My wife had more of a cold, but then she lost her sense of taste and smell and I didn't. Right. So it's like, 
it always, everything in this world is going to impact people differently. And we have to remember that because mm -hmm. we're, we're trying so hard in this medical community to try to nail things down when I don't think we need to. I think we yeah. just need to listen and listen to what people are exposed to and utilize the science that we have at our fingertips to help identify it. And if yeah. we do that, we're going to actually be able to create a better world for people. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I really agree with that. As you know, you have different biomarkers. You can look for, look for things, right? And yeah. beyond mold and bacteria, but you can, we have technology where you can test somebody and you can say, okay, these are some things that are out. These are some things that it looks like you're exposed to. Sometimes it's heavy metals. Sometimes it's plastic. Sometimes it's mold. Sometimes it's bacteria, mm -hmm. right? We have these tools and we all need to know how to utilize these tools. Yeah, I agree with that. And just sharing one more thing that I do, I didn't share about this, but I own a academy that's called Botox Beauty Academy, which is basically sharing, it's bringing functional medicine to the beauty professionals um, because I feel like so many people need to know this knowledge. And my goal is to educate that profession and have them share it. I was a cosmetologist. I said, I, I think I said I did hair color first. So that's kind of like my community. I feel like I need to give back to, but I also feel like, um, there's so much mold in, in hair salons because of all the shampoo bowls and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. I don't think they really think about it. That's amazing. Did you see the new special on HBO talking about, um, toxic environments in the beauty industry? Yeah. Not so pretty. Right. Yeah. Not so pretty. Yeah. yeah. I haven't started, I haven't started watching it yet, but I'm very interested. I actually know someone who's in it that lost all their hair utilizing certain products that were in plastic bottles that were stored in hot warehouses where the plastic like leached into the product so bad that she actually lost her hair. And she's, she's in, she's in one of the episodes. It's really remarkable. Like the amount of exposures that we're experiencing. And I think it like, I think for me personally, I'm not a doctor, but what I would tell you is just looking at this and seeing all the different patterns, just being an analytical person. I, I, I really think it's more of the accumulation. We have the totally. plastics, the heavy metals, the mold, the bacteria, the viruses. We're not eating well. We're exposed to pesticides in our foods, hormones in our foods. You name it, right? We start adding all these things up. What are we supposed to get? A sick population. That's what we're going to get. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. tell us tell us a little bit about your, your, your practice. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely curious about the functional medicine beauty line that you're working on. Please tell share a little bit about that and, and how to get in touch with you. Okay. So my website is caliwellness.com, K-A-L-I. And our academy is called Low Tox Beauty Academy. It's, uh, there's like a link page on the Cali Wellness for the academy entrance. We have, we do online courses and I have, I'm launching my hairdresser course in summer and then I'm running my aesthetics course right now that I'll rerun again in, in fall with the hairdresser courses as well. I did, um, last September I did it in person, but with COVID and stuff like that, it just got kind of difficult with people traveling and stuff like that. So I just decided to make it all online so that everyone could come and it didn't really matter. That's oh, amazing. And, and so give us some tips on, on how to be healthier when utilizing certain products. Uh, for beauty purposes, what do we need to look out for? Um, is it, does it, the storage container matter? Like things like that. Um, yeah, the storage container definitely matters. You know, um, plastic matters. I, tr I have some brands that are in plastic, but I try to get a lot of brands that have glass and like one brand that I carry Kipris. They're really mindful. They make sure no product has ever touched plastic, which is really nice. Um, 
And I would say some, some tips to look out for the number one thing I think to avoid is synthetic fragrance, just because it's hidden and we have no idea what's in that label when it says synthetic fragrance and, um, and, you know, parabens, phthalates, sulfates, and things like that. I think, um, I feel like are common, but people might not know that. Um, and if you go to my Instagram page, I have a lot of like knowledge on products and how to look for certain ingredients and what they mean. And, um, I would just say the number one thing, other number one thing to do is just start with what you can don't overwhelm yourself and don't become a perfectionist because that will just inhibit you from doing it anyways. Just do the best you can with what you have and start with what you can do at home now. Like, even if it's like, I'm just going to start drinking pure water and that's what I can afford. And that's what I'm going to do, do that. And once you can do that, start looking at other things. I think just, um, sometimes if you're new to this world, learning all of this at one time is like overwhelming. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm everything I'm doing is toxic. What am I doing? You know? Um, so just breaking it down and making it digestible for yourself in whatever way that of where you're at, I think is one of the best things to do. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I think it, it can be very overwhelming. You know, I I've seen that. Um, I think it's more about just like you, you, if you know better, you can make better choices, right? So Mm -hmm. we all buy shampoo. And so instead of buying shampoo in a plastic bottle, you know, we can buy one in a glass. Um, it same thing with conditioner, right. And some of the lotions and yeah. other products we utilize, and we can do a little more homework on making sure that the products are safer, um, have less byproducts in them that would not be great. So we can limit our overall exposure when those things run out, replace them with, with better products. And I think with that being said, yeah, you're going to notice these subtle differences in how you feel, especially as you're trying to control the whole piece of it. And that's like eating better food, having better products when we use products. Um, these are all things that are easier for us to change because we already consume them anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Mold remediation, of course, can be very daunting and taxing and overwhelming. And even there, I tell people, do what you can. Let's utilize the science, fix the worst problem areas. You're going to be able to tell that scientifically. You're going to see this area is producing 40,000 spores per cubic meter. This area is producing 10,000 spores per cubic meter. This is a hundred, et cetera, et cetera. So you're able to look and see what's creating the most impact and you do what you can, you know, you start where the worst things are and you kind of progressively move forward. And by that radical change that you make to your environment and, and the other external things that you inadvertently put into your body, not realizing it, you're, you're certainly going to feel better. Yeah. And you I mentioned just, your Instagram. Where 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 can people find you on Instagram? Okay, um, Instagram is at Cali Wellness or at Low Lotox Beauty Academy. So I'm saying L O W T O X Beauty Academy. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I really want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story um, and for all that you're doing. I love the fact that you're trying to educate people on the different beauty products and how those can impact you. And uh, obviously helping people through your functional medicine practice, anything I can do to support you, please let me know. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, there's, there's just one thing. If you had to give one piece of advice, just one piece of advice to someone who is looking to improve their overall wellness, what would it be? Um, move every day, make sure you're sleeping and drink water and eat healthy. That's not one. Those are like four things, but those are like the four foundations I think that are the most important. Cool. 
Well, thank you so much. Callie, it was a pleasure having you. And again, thank you for sharing your story and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.